Welcome back to your favorite way to read without having to pick up a book. This is Nick's Nonfiction. You're here with your host, comic Nick Munez. For the oldest self-help book of all time, Lao Tzu, some say Lao Tzu, is coming at us with the Tao Te Ching, our first crack of the bat at Eastern philosophy. They say over there, baseball all wrong, man with four balls not able to walk. We're clapping back with the Western philosophy here today. We're versed in our Nietzsche, our Jean-Paul Sartre. We've read Hobbes' Leviathan, Dostoevsky's Notes from Underground. Plato's Republic is in the backlog as well. We're going to be building utopias today, as Confucius would say, <laughs> virginity Reich Barun, one prick, all gone. You know these eastern one-word quips that are supposed to fix your life men who keep feet firmly on ground have trouble putting on pants what pathology is so effective that these easterners are putting up with social credit systems concentration camps in the 21st century this must be some pretty powerful stuff that we're going through today america's clapping back i get in this argument with my roommates all the time it's east versus west if you clean your own dishes, then there aren't any dirty dishes left. But the Eastern philosophy would be, we each take turns scrubbing each other's dishes, even though I eat off of paper plates. Score one for the Americans over here. I am a true American. Fight for the right of every man. Oh, we're going to be singing psalms on your ass, the Jeffersonian Bible. <laughs> it's all the present moment, but there is no present moment. Here in America, we put in a 9 to 5, currently 80-hour work weeks for our Lord and Savior, Henry Ford. Over in the East, they don't have any deities or people to idolize. We're going to take a balanced look at it today. But up front, you gotta acknowledge half of this shit is tautologies. When I let go of what I am, I become what I might be. You're telling that to hobos? The less you chase the power, the power comes to you? Doesn't sound like a rising through the ranks, corporate American rat. <laughs> We're taking a deeper look at what built the East. Lao Tzu, this guy's an enigma. All of the dynasties try to claim him. We're bringing it up to date with the cultural Confucianism, which they call in Russia cultural Marxism. In America, it's wokeism. If you don't prioritize judgment of people based on their skin color, man, I can't let you into my safe space. This is the Bible of the Tao. By the end of the day, it's positivity. You are going to become a Zen master. One of the chapters is Yin Yang. One of the chapters is General Tao's Chicken, creatively named all specifically themed and Tao means the big flow of everything it's usually translated to the way do you know the way brothers memes can't even put this thing into word for 3,000 years how about we hear a word from our sponsor before we jump into it welcome back I'm sure that they're not tipping over in China, but how much are you guys throwing down on your Uber Eats driver? And you can't even throw your entertainer a dollar. Go, It's a dollar over on the Patreon page and you get free content. <laughs> uh, Lao Tzu. He may as well be a pseudonym like Shakespeare. It directly translates to old master. He was said to be alive from 1368 to 1664. 290 years somewhere in between there he was floating around the middle ages in china founded taoism i used confucius in the intro there what does confucius say it takes many nails to build a crib but only one screw to fill it confucius was back in like 500 a.d 
Uh, some modern historians consider him to have lived during the period of the Warring States. I'm talking Lao Tzu, so some people say they overlapped. The, China's so old, they don't know their own history. This would be like if we were saying JFK in 1650, he founded Jonestown. And he was also alive in 1150, and he prevented the Great Schism of the Catholic Church. <laughs> they have no idea what was happening in their history. And some say that Zhu, like Lao Tzu, the second name, is just referring to the Court of Zhu, which was around during the Tang Dynasty. So this could very well just be a compilation of all the court records for 2,500 years and what the judges came to agree on. And yes, the Tang Dynasty. Lao Tzu also invented the orangey drink. Well, what's better, High C or Tang? There is a right answer. His son Zong was a heroic warrior. <laughs> That's how like a valley girl would say he's got a big dick. Zong, have you seen that guy chop off a head? He was also a warrior claimed by the Tang Dynasty. He's quoted saying, Do the difficult things while they are easy, and do the great things while they are small. A journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Like, we quote him in the American armed forces as well. That's our warrior knowledge. We straight up stole it from the samurais. He who knows does not speak. He who speaks does not know. Drop your watch in the toilet and you're bound to have a shitty time. Really famous ones. A good traveler has no fixed plans and is not intent on arriving. Let's do it. Or actually... Because of you greedy bastards, I'm throwing it back into another word from our sponsors. Have you learned your lesson? Have thou subscribed? Get ready for eight chapters of awesome Eastern philosophy here on Nick's Nonfiction. Chapter one, Zootopia. Obviously, this is a pretty rough translation. No one's speaking Cantonese that I know. <laughs> We're first told, and it's 80 chapters long. If you want to pick this thing up, I'm boiling it down to eight. First, we're told that the Tao can be named isn't actually the Eternal Tao. Hmm? What is it then? The Eternal Tao is actually the nameless origin of everything there is. It's the place where heaven, earth, and all the good stuff came from. The name Tao is the mother of myriad things, which is interpreted to mean all the different stuff that eventually came to the physical existence within the universe. So we got the Greeks here on the show. We've done the non-materialists versus the materialists. Just got to dissolve your ego one day. <laughs> Accidentally eat a stamp, if you know what I'm saying. And you start asking questions like, "Is how come if atoms are mostly empty space, I can't just pass my arm through the wall? And that's how you send to become a monk. And you start spying on girls' locker rooms. Non-materialism versus materialism. At the bigger points we're going to build to doesn't matter where all the shit came from. The Tao, he thinks came out of like the big bang basically and throughout the whole thing you don't have to like try to keep too many tabs on it today it's much less rigid than the greeks or thomas hobbes who broke down into six books from speech up to society how people act he's not really going into human action it's just more how to perfect your inner monologue it's all just self-help eastern philosophy it's more of a duality people either have the essence or they don't and this is his comparison to the indomitable will that the Hindus have. To build on this duality, he has that famous quote, There would be no beauty without ugliness. You first must know your propensity for evil to fill your capacity for good. It's a way for Lao to say even though things seem like the polar opposite, they still need one another to exist. He's acknowledging the whole interconnectedness of it all. I'm still watching all these survival shows. Dual survival is a really good one. We're talking about contrast, yin and yang. They put a hippie, Dave London, and then some guy who got kicked off out of season two, the hippie and the military guy, got kicked off because he lied about his background. He wasn't really a range sniper. And they're making magnets out of, like, different rocks and tiny pins. 
There's polarity within the earth. If you're listening to feng shui, you got to point your bed north and south so that the magnetic flows go through you. You need to have ugliness to have beautiness. You need to have light to have darkness. These Tao monks practice unattached action, which is a way to go through your daily life without attaching and just acknowledging the Tao all around you. Birth the whole movement of Wu Wei, positive and negative, which then later turns into yin yang. We got a whole chapter on that. He's saying the sages, which is like their priests, also do other cool stuff, as in teach the power of silence and live without valuing material things. That's what they were teaching in church. Wu Wei, Wendy Wu, homecoming warrior. That's a deep reference. <laughs> She's a sage master. No matter how big your desire to achieve, the focus should never be material riches. Famous quote, if you don't dwell on success, it never goes away. So if you're like just spending time bathing in glory, showing off your accomplishments, then the bath has to end eventually. If you're like um, Batista, I used to watch some WWE, and this guy is a movie star now, like John Cena, who is <laughs> subservient to the Chinese Communist Party. Batista, when he would win a match, he would just walk out. After he Batista bombed someone, left their spine crumbled. No acknowledgement of the win. He would just stroll out, and then you know, holy shit, who's this mountain gonna landslide next? There's a lot of power and humbleness, and you don't even have to go through those ups and downs if you're not bathing in your own cum. <laughs> He's already building his utopia here in chapter one. He thinks that's enough of a base. Hobbes, Plato, wait until book three at least. He says it's a bad idea to make a big deal about overachievers. So even if there is a guy that is bragging somewhere else, don't give him the attention. Then you are just... It's like hating is really stupid because you're giving the person attention. It's actually flattering that you would even take the time to try to slander me. This is when we start to see a little bit of difference between the East versus the West. He's saying not a big deal to libel over achievers. <laughs> Got the cancel culture here in the U.S. of A. And, of course, that's not inherent to us. This is some cultural Confucianism being injected into our social media. That's right. TikTok is making Manchurian candidates. The wokeism is making its way to California. You could see through. <laughs> they banned math. Okay. They said you're not allowed to have advanced classes because it makes other kids feel bad. They say in China that nail that sticks out gets hit on the head. So just break everybody's knees so that handicapped people don't feel bad. He says here. Again, towards the end of chapter one, a sage ruler will free the people from all these bogus desires while also keeping the people's bellies full and their souls satisfied. I don't think he used the word bogus. His point is, <laughs> if you keep people fat and happy, they're never going to rebel against you. A sadistic ruler is going to let enough riffraff float around to stir things up but keep most of the people fat and happy. They know this in China. They're eating dumplings. How did we become the roundest country over... They're genetically built <laughs> to be sushi cat. In Tao world, rulership is basically free of sneaky schemes. That way, the few sneaky schemers won't dare to sneak and scheme. You know what I'm saying? If you don't incentivize cheating the system, people won't have to. Really simple shit here. I'm saying he's not as good at building a world as Plato. He ended on the Tao having its way with things. So even if there's a giant empire, someday the Tao will break it back down and disintegrate it into Mother Earth. Maybe we do need to have evil politicians so that righteous patriots can exist. He said in time all sharp things become dull and knots come loose. You gotta have the duality to exist, otherwise this place would be boring as fuck. At least I know in my short time we can be sure that governments and monarchies don't heal wounds. Time restores the earth and the Tao. East and West come together. Chapter 2, Heaven and Hell. Confucius say, Panty's not best thing on earth, but next to it. The best sages take note from heaven and are able to see people unbiased. 
famous line, regard people as straw dogs. So he's saying don't get caught up in what people are saying, their own biases. And straw dogs is like an old Chinese tradition. They would make a little figurines and say a prayer and then throw it on the fire to get rid of negativity. It wasn't a positive thing because straw dogs are... It's, um, it's like a fake threat, a false flag, as we call it here in the West. Go back and listen to the 100-year marathon. We did a whole chapter on who's better at false flags. USA, 9-11, Bay of Pigs, look into it. Bring this ancient shit up to date. Social media is the doghouse of straw dogs. <laughs> we gotta set that shit on fire. Uh, this is just like Nietzsche, the dogma chapter. Um, people aren't really doing what they say they are. You have to practice your Zen garden to actually be Zen. It says a spiritual way to interpret the straw dogs. We only inhabit our physical bodies for a little while before everything we're made of goes on to become something else. And you think that sounds hippy-dippy Buddha tapestry bullshit. <laughs> This is the same exact quote as the Bible. From ashes to ashes, we become dust again. <laughs> the towel will have its way again with the earth. It's saying, like, Abraham and Jesus were all chilling at the same time. <laughs> it's like how Stalin and Hitler and Lenin were all conveniently living on the same block in Austria. All these stories come from the same place. How far is National Socialism from the USSR? The place between heaven and hell is what fans the flames of creation. You've probably heard that one before. It's um, Maybe he's alluding to the world of the forms to spice it up a little bit. I don't think they had. There must have been some breakthrough teas, an ayahuasca route that they found over in China. This guy's talking like he's on some other plane here, fanning the flames of creation. I had someone reach out to me. Because we're talking about where heaven and hell meet. It was the Don't Stop Smoking episode. And they were like, I'm happy that you were honest and said that you ate donuts in bed. Like, thanks for making me remember that. I actually shit my pants recently. <laughs> I turned 25 recently. And I guess it doesn't stop when you get this old. But I haven't had a donut in three months. So I had an entire box of Ritz. <laughs> I woke up and soiled a perfectly good pair of underwear. <laughs> Don't trust a morning fart. How did this tie in? Uh, heaven and hell. Like I have fitness videos up on the Patreon page of hikes. And then I go home and binge. Am I taking my <laughs> eating disorder seriously or my fitness? You know? Heaven and hell. When that shit comes together, that's their creation. And you get a little spark of whatever the fucking ether is. Let's get another big question before mid-chapter. Too many worlds cause failure. Nothing compares to sirens. Show, don't tell. Be an example. Don't gloat as a winner. And uh, silence can speak more words than a picture. Supreme example of show, don't tell is the mystic female. He went into a lot here. Again, this guy definitely was tripping. Homie out here writing about the divine feminine. He's chilling with the purple lady. Vanity is a superpower the mystic female it's pretty hard to not do the whole show thing as a female so he's kind of sounding like Nietzsche here getting gay on us chicks aren't enlightened <laughs> the one girl that offered me to do ayahuasca in her van <laughs> look how far we've come I'm doing drugs in a stranger's van <laughs> well my mom who told me not to inject foreign subjects in my body is getting experimental gene therapy what are we doing here put whatever you want in your body this one girl was the closest thing to the divine feminine i've ever met she had her head shaved down all the way a crunchy hippie type can't agree with you lab all the way there this bitch <laughs> could teach you how to go to another dimension he points out that heaven and earth are eternal and the reason they last forever is that they don't think of themselves ever it's more of this motherly attitude the earth is not taking from us. <laughs> I don't know about that. Think about the ancients. This is Mother Earth on the God mic. Attention all shoppers. 
Make sure to check out the woolly mammoths up on Isle Europe. However, I am requiring a couple more volcano sacrifices. <laughs> and all your mom needs is a phone call every day for the rest of your life. It's just a joke. I mean, heaven and earth are all giving. And that's some of this thing that the Tao that you have to try to revere and be like. We don't have a lot of stories like this in America. Our tall tales, John Henry, go down and chop down the forest and beat the railroad industry to get your cut of the monopoly. Who else was there? Fucking Johnny Appleseed? That's a kind of a giving tale. Pretty sure we stole that from the Inuits. Could have been many good role models at the time because Lao was teaching how the sages like to give lectures on water. And water is one of these eternal goods because it gives to everything without complaining. It flows to the roughest places on earth, doesn't turn its nose up at people. He's geeking out over how water is clear yet reflective. What? I could see to the bottom while I see myself. And <laughs> go to the DARPA could make uh, synthetic fibers where you could see through and reflect shit. Water's pretty badass. I don't know, man. He's a hydro homie. <laughs> Buddhist mantra is be water, where that might have just been like Jet Li. You want to have minimal impurities and be able to mirror people's energy. It's powerful. If you try to work against it, like two feet of flowing water is enough to move an entire car, and it's adaptable. You <laughs> Go back and watch Avatar Waterbender. It's a pretty good one. It's a bad idea to overfill your cup and waste an unconditional resource. He has all of these excess metaphors. He who has extra Big Mac will need new notch and belt. Overstimulation. The five sounds make us deaf, and the five flavors make us not able to taste anything. Uh, focus on shit. More to this um, not wasting they say in the East, instead of grace, <laughs> like we like to say, God, thank you for this bountiful meal. Oh, I'm going to chow down. You got an extra six-pack for me, blessed in the refrigerator, big man. In the East, their prayer is only eat until you're 40% full. <laughs> um, Socrates, they probably stole it from. He said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. That's a quote that'll save your body. To end the chapter, he gave us some more deep questions to re-examine your relation to heaven and earth and the Tao. Is it possible to be totally at one with everything and never stray from the oneness? By loving the people we rule, we can rule without manipulating them. It's kind of hippie shit. You know, you have to love people to be the best leader you can. Or you could be an antisocial, detached boss who doesn't socialize with his people. Both are the styles that work. Don't they have like an equivalent suicide rate in Japan? Well, that's because they mirror Western culture in Japan. So we shouldn't use them as an example anymore today. They, you know, commit seppuku. If they didn't work hard enough that day, they don't feel enough honor. <laughs> they jump in front of the bullet train. He says the greatest misfortune is the self. And then he caveats his own point, saying in order to help others, you have to first master yourself. Again, should I, do I fix myself or do I go to the soup kitchen and help the homeless? You can do both, obviously. <laughs> Same concept as the uh, Greeks, though, the philosopher king, the guy who's able to love himself so hard that he loves everything around him, then he can be entrusted with the entire world. It's at chapter three. The space between... Dave Matthews Band. And this is when he starts sounding a little bit cultish, like those stinky drifters following around the DMV. The Tau is the space between and the fact that it can't be seen or touched makes attuning yourself to it a spiritual task. It's not like a giant crystal you could bang your tuning fork on and then throw it up to your third eye. The Tau is immaterial. And so far, it's pretty inexplainable, it sounds like. The Tao, you got to just be a good person to try to meld with it. He said the ancient sages knew they could never fully understand the Tao, that they could never fully see into its depths. The deeper we just 
try to undermine our own beliefs, we get more of this never fully understanding the Tao. Like what has um, Oppenheimer, when he made the atomic bomb, he goes, I have become death, the destroyer of worlds. That doesn't sound like a big jolly Buddha who's just happy enjoying life in the moment. <laughs> if you get into science, you might not be too happy with the end. When we find tranquility, we return to our own true nature, which is part of the larger natural cycle. Evil Knievel was defying nature, was not a very peaceful undertaking. <laughs> How many magicians, Houdini, we lost? If we accept the Tao impartially, he says, then we can get rid of the self and be at one with the eternal. <sighs> you know, you just got to take five grams of mushrooms. How else are you going to dissolve your ego and understand this shit? <laughs> he starts saying, you don't want to endanger others, so you have to trust the Tao with yourself. Which is kind of sounding like you're killing my grandma. I know this shit's kind of irrelevant now, but... It's going to come back. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, the East is all about if you walk by a guy um, that's got hit by a car in China, he can take you to court. And the comparison would be here in America, you take out your phone and try to get likes when you see an old lady dying on the curb. <laughs> Leader versus follower mentality. Bystander effect. We've been talking about on the show a lot lately. Who's going to lead the cult? <laughs> the best rulers are so subtle and good at what they do, they do without people even noticing them. So like a good leader is able to make it look like his entire underlings built the company. Oh, you want to raise? <laughs> you didn't see the 10 years of failure that went into building the company. More of this, you can't place trust in rulers who don't trust themselves. I don't know, man. Might just be the human condition, but people do really feel more comfortable when there is a psycho leading the way. <laughs> Someone who is unnecessarily overconfident. You need that dumb guy to get bonked in the head first by a coconut. Mid-chapter, next step is to end sagicity and to abandon knowledge. It's a direct quote. <laughs> this is definitely cultish diverting hard from plato who built the academy he wants to end teaching and abandon knowledge he says if we do the people will totally benefit from it <laughs> i don't have to tell you this twice but remember google in 2008 looks a whole lot different or i'm saying if you're being perceptive about how the search results have changed into a commercial leaning you don't have to look twice over at China and how their internet is this tiny little thing where they are doing away with knowledge. If we do, the people will totally benefit. I'm starting to think they just don't declare their um, mental health numbers that are so bad. Like we have a mental health epidemic in the United States. <laughs> how happy do you think a Chinese guy is? You know, 50-story walk-up, works in a whoopee cushion factory. He says people are more generous with each other if nobody is self-righteously giving to those they think are beneath them. Like the church donates more food than Wick, and Walmart also donates more food. The point is if we didn't have these giant social programs that we knew were taking care of the guy on the corner or supposed to be doing that, then you would feel a little bit responsibility for the guy that's living underneath the dumpster in your neighborhood. And you would probably just chip in a dollar. You know, it becomes a community thing. And we just have this bystander effect. You feel like, oh, it's not my problem. You know, government's going to take care of it. There's some more political chapters later. Let's end this one on this space between. The spectrum of self-control. If you could center yourself in that, you could become a Tao master. When everybody's happy and enjoying a feast, he says, you can feel uninvolved like a baby who isn't smiling yet. <laughs> so he wants you to not ever learn anything and be like a baby. People will think you're unattached when you're soaking in the moment more than anyone. Buddha looks like a giant baby. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Does this inert 
way of life really work? Do you really become happy? <laughs> done some pretty long meditation sessions. I know it's practice, and it probably has done better for my health than going to church <laughs> for like 20 years. Sitting around and, as Siddhartha did, just watching the river isn't going to bring you the enlightenment eventually. Siddhartha had to travel back to the other Brahmins. Last quote, the sages didn't fight with the world so the world could never fight with them. The goal isn't to fight, it's to live. Chapter 3, Towdy Duty Time. Gets into the ranks a bit here. Those who are on tiptoes cannot stand, which means if you try to stand taller than other people all the time, eventually you're going to fall over. Bitch, sit down. Be humble. He starts talking about arrogance a lot. The idea that people who brag are not only destined to look like idiots, but are actually inherently idiotic. You gotta think <laughs> like two steps ahead. Okay, you bragged. Cool. Now everyone's expecting another brag. It's, um, you are idiotic if you are playing that game. Us Westerners, though, we take pride in our poisoned stature. Big is beautiful. Gloating is glamorized. We are the antithesis of this humble honor culture. We're all about glory in the U.S. Followed up with some circular logic. It's a shorter chapter here. If the Tao was so arrogant, it wouldn't have created itself. So what was before the Big Bang? Another Big Bang and another It's circular logic. He says the Earth follows earthly laws, but once you are off Earth, the Tao is the rule. He does get really psychedelic here. It kind of sounds like us trying to explain like a black holes with Earth physics. Right, it's just so much gravity that it compounds and compounds, and then you go over the event horizon. And then beyond that is another dimension with another black hole with more event horizons. And you go deeper in that. And then it's Neil deGrasse Tyson's asshole that you go into. What? This is fucking tautological horse shit. Dogma takes many forms throughout the ages. Charlatans are getting smarter and smarter. I've seen Neil deGrasse Tyson speak in live the NJ Pack auditorium. His asshole... <laughs> was the size of the Hudson. He reiterates how the world and the sages will have to be experts in early responsibilities, so not totally be a baby. Historically, there was a serious lack of leadership in the dynasties around the period of the warring states. It's pretty contrast to the West. The USA's, the Masons we talked about, would volunteer to die. Yeah, I'm the lead guy. Make an example out of me but you're supposed to be, like, hidden as one of these sages. Lao said a good leader is like a good hunter. A good hunter doesn't leave tracks behind him and doesn't harm things he doesn't have to. In U.S. of A., they still have mass graves, fresh bodies over in Vietnam. you got to leave a wake if you're going to be a Western ruler. Don't, and don't harm, he said. <laughs> we would, we're big game sport hunters in the U.S. Kill a lion... And don't touch the meat. Good people don't realize they can learn from bad people. And they are destined to be confused. You could learn from just about anybody. Some Jordan B. Peterson shit. It drew the point full circle saying it's futile for generals to try and control the whole world. We are going for a one world government. The sages recognize the best thing to do is eliminate extremes, excess, and arrogance. If you see, it's like contradictory. Before he's like, keep your people's bellies full and they'll all be happy. And now he's saying, we don't need anything. A little redemption said, lead by example instead of trying to end opulence. He used the rest of the chapter for touty duty time to dunk on the military. The brass standard for leadership. There's not much point in using soldiers to solve problems since eventually somebody else's soldiers are going to attack you in retaliation. Thinks your military should be in the crib forever as well. Confucius says, if it's not a broke, don't a fix it. He doesn't believe in deterrence as a military principle. Good generals don't brag about their victories, so he has a little bit right. 
They only fight when it's absolutely necessary. And he said, real men are detached from violence, therefore don't receive a rush from winning. So what if we had um, just one more Rocky movie and he fought a Japanese guy, Chinese guy. He never puts his hands up at the ends when he wins. Followed that one up with, the most righteous men find no glory in battle if one man is lost. Uh, we got Pearl Harbor. Nagasaki is even better. USA didn't lose one man in that battle. There's <laughs> a whole lot of glory for us. More of this glory versus honor. And he ended saying maybe his most famous quote, he who conquers others is strong. He who conquers himself is mighty. Chapter 4, 5G virtue signal. We're getting Confucius on you. More the Tao is water. It doesn't take credit for giving. It doesn't try to rule over us. It feeds us. It'd be stupid to th say thank you to water every time you try to take a sip. It's an unconditional resource. One of the rarest things in the universe. We're reminded that the Tao can't be tasted, seen, or heard. Water doesn't have a taste or a smell. Case closed. The Tao is water. Tao never runs out. <laughs> if we learn to desalinate water like Israel, water will never run out. Who is excited for the future water wars? It's going to be Mad Max up in America. You know, a list of things that seem pretty contradictory to me here. If we want to shrink something, we have to expand it first. Searching penis joke. Confucius says, one must get hard to eventually get soft again. He who goes to bed with problem wakes up with harder question. Rough translation, the ability to acknowledge nuance gives you a more subtle clarity. Once you truly understand these statements, he says you become a Tao master. You sometimes have your best thoughts when you're laying there with morning wood. We're told that the weak eventually overcome the strong, which goes along with the idea that constantly fighting is not the way to truly be strong. You're more scared of the guy or the kid. <laughs> Don't come to school tomorrow. The guy, the quiet one, is always the one to watch out for. Finding the stillness helps you understand these points. Virtue comes from practice and focus. Much like the Tao, people who are truly virtuous just are. They don't force it. In the name of the chapter, 5G, virtue signal. <laughs> you don't have to force it. If you wear your mask 24-7, you don't have to have a mask on in your profile picture. I will see you, or rather, I will never see your face again. The only people that wear <laughs> masks are burglars and sex offenders. That's what they used to say. Now it's people that are on the right side of the political spectrum. So fucking gay, dude. <laughs> Virtue signaling, it's like, what? Can some people just not see it? It's, um, I don't know how to put this shit into words. This is the towel right now. <laughs> Bigger mind fuck. You know, people don't need to think you're generous for you to actually be generous. You don't have to put a picture of yourself up at the soup kitchen. Live it. Don't say it. Public opinion matters zero. He says there is no need for virtue in the public square. Famous quote, truly great people don't dwell on the flower. If we want to be truly beautiful and virtuous, then you become the flower. Simps <laughs> will never become a king of their own if they're too busy ogling over chicks. That's some real Shaolin monk shit. I'm not even saying resist Punani. You gotta stop wanking. That's right, fellas. Reserve your chi. <laughs> if they become tantric like Sting and Tom Cruise, tell you reserve your power. Don't dwell on the flower. You gotta. Get your own pollen back. <laughs> Good rulers don't want to be shiny like jade. They want to be coarse like rock. I think this guy had a jade fetish. He has another thing later. Don't uh, store all your jade in your house because then the criminals will know where to keep it. What is this like um, wearing around bling and shit? And the origins of that is so that you could post it as your bail. 
pretty sure in 2020 they only take Bitcoin to post bail. Becoming attuned to your own truth is going to help you pull vital energy from all living things around you. Look within to acquire otherworldly power. He ends on some heavy eastern woo-woo here. Everything that exists came from non-existence, or in the word of the Tao, being is born of non-being. It's non-materialism. Lao would have loved 5G. No, 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 you're not getting radiation sickness. No, 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 I know everybody hasn't been sleeping good over the past two years. That sounded kind of out there. It's true. All right, you guys get it. Materialness, immaterial, the world of the forms. We have um, Plato's Apology. That's going to be a really epic one. Follows up with some of the shoddiest reasoning I've ever read. And mm, we'll reserve that spot for the Communist Manifesto. Listen to this shit. The lowest kind of person makes fun of the Tao, like they do to everything they don't understand. He's like, if you don't like my book, you're a bigot. The most enlightened people are here to diligently practice the Tao. Sounds like a Christian missionary. The lowest kind of person doesn't like the Tao. <laughs> we got a Scientology blackmail me into the Taoism. This is why the Tao is truly hidden and nameless. What words could ever sum up something this complex? Chapter 5. We're halfway through here. Yin and Yang. In the beginning, there was only the Tao, the one and only. But then it split into Yin and Yang, which then split into everything there is. And he doesn't run with this idea with any continuity. The Yin and Yang. You've heard of it a million times. If we want to live healthy, we have to find the balance between Yin, which is humble female energy, and then Yang, which is the more aggressive male counterpart. Simple enough, you could break it down into the balance between good and evil. It's always shifting. It doesn't have to be male-female. The softest thing override the hardest things. He said things that appear substanceless can creep into the deepest crevices. Like, uh, you stare into the abyss, the abyss will stare back. Creepy one I've read recently is the lore of the abyss. <laughs> and this might be why I'm a little bit death-obsessed, is because I had a bit of a close call. Blacked out, I've had some, yeah, the allure of the abyss. In order to defeat all that fucking, the vacuum, the void, again, you just gotta spread the love outwards, and then we're told that we should act, but we should be unattached to our actions. Earlier chapter, don't be in everyone's face about what you're doing. <laughs> Yo, yang gang. Yang is the male energy, but it's the exact opposite of yin and yang humbleness. Yang gang, give me free money. Questions to help understand which is more painful, gaining things or losing them. Quote, when we base our lives on making currency to acquire, all we ever want to do is acquire more things. Minimalism is a pretty Eastern philosophy that is bleeding into the West. When we become the things we have, we lose our true selves. It's a really good one. Somebody you know needs to hear this. You aren't your truck. When you become the things you have, you'll lose who you truly are. Um, I think it's Thoreau. He said the things you own eventually start to own you. And that's like a... He could have been a Chinese spy back in the 1800s. That bastard. Red Dawn in the woods. He said sometimes something that's bent might seem straight. <laughs> so maybe the guy has to have a 10 foot tall truck. Because he's bent. And he's trying to seem straight. <laughs> It's smart. This came across to me recently that you should have the buy a monster truck if you can. A short cop will never pull you over then. And a bunch of cops are short because they want to bully people. <laughs> if your car is too tall, they're not going to want to look up at you. Can I have your license up there, sir? They want to look down on you. Cop doesn't like that shit. It's pretty good. Get a big truck out there, but don't let it be your personality. One balance with the yin and yang doesn't do more than is necessary, but when they do, they make it count. <laughs> they speak a little, but the words they say pack a wallop. 
the answer to world peace, a world where everyone has balanced tau. A lot of uh, hopeful jargon there. He follows it up with more of this, a world without the tau is a place where there's so much fighting that you can't see through the bodies on the battlefield. You burp every sentence if you don't know the Tao. A world that's full of greed and dissatisfaction is a pretty miserable society to live in. <laughs> a lot of people have experience with this. An economy built so you can't get ahead isn't in the idea of the Tao. So neither the East or the West are upholding the Tao. Is what I'm trying to say at the end of the yin and yang here. You think when the East and the West come together to make this super new world order government, it's not going to be in line with the holy universe. <laughs> I've been giving more thought to this one, too. Orwell is one of the top people that I would like to sit in with for my purgatory dinner. <laughs> you know, you get a couple dead people to discuss. Hey, dude, how'd you know all this shit? The more you understand the characters and try to love with them rather than control them, the closer you get to the mystic virtue. Kind of hippie. All this super consciousness, the mystic virtue. Kind of like the panpsychism that the Western scientists are saying. <laughs> they think every atom could potentially be part of a bigger consciousness now. I think the scientists are just getting the good MDMA. To tie in the virtue signaling with the yin and yang, he had a good quote here. We should close our mouths and shut our doors so that we can live peaceful lives. And the internet could it be a bigger example of against that. We are all opening our doors and shouting as loud as we can our political opinions. You can always tell when a society is living without the towel because the rulers wear fancy clothes of dangerous weapons or crazy rich. The society he says, is akin to living in robbery. You know what the yin and yang symbol is? Someone nutting on a booty hole. <laughs> you gotta mix the sauces a little bit more. Chapter 6. General Tao's Chicken. We're talking a little bit more about the military. If we have a strong spiritual foundation, no one can take it away from us. Hmm. You might be asking yourself, well, who's trying to strip me of my spiritual foundation? It's not like over the past year you weren't allowed to go to church or practice your 12-step program. <laughs> spiritual warfare, pretty big thing I want to talk about, but I don't want to sound crazy. General Tao's chicken. <laughs> First, you must cultivate in yourself the relationship can spread through your family then in your community, then in your country, and then in the world. Living with the Tao is a butterfly effect. And you once have to spread the spiritual foundation to the others. Yeah, it's all positive, lovey-dovey, kumbaya. That negative ripple could spread just as fast. He's talking about the simplicity of virtuous people. Again, being like babies. Allow them to integrate with the Tao. Those in tune aren't stung by insects, clawed by beasts, or attacked by birds. I am thinking of people who will tell you that they're like the queen of the bees. These are types of chicks <laughs> that didn't do so well with the ayahuasca. And now they think that they're <laughs> Snow White. Hey, Lao. Got into these animal symbols, and he doesn't run with it again. He's like, some people are oxes, some people are bulls. Look at the Chinese calendar. I'm pretty sure I was born in the year of the rat. If we're talking philosophy here, it's um just fancily talking about human psychology. And instead of using animals, we could just talk about the five base human emotions. I took a couple, like, anormal psychology classes in college. Yeah, you learn about the real issues people have over diagnosis, selling pharmaceuticals, five base emotions. Joy, fear, sadness, disgust, and anger. The main thing that Lao chose to focus on is not being too bullish or being too aggressive. Because anger is the one of these emotions that can wreck everything in an instant you know you could say one wrong thing that you regret for the rest of your life 
anger, out of what joy. You can't really fuck up too hard when you're happy. Fear, sadness, just go cry. Disgust is pretty inherent. Anger. And you think like um, people take their lives, they say, in a moment of anger. That's the shit where you're really not thinking straight. Just gotta, if I can take a breath, mystic oneness is the best relationship with the Tao one can have where one can take part in the world without being harmed by it. So when you understand these five core characteristics and how some people specialize more in one than the other, then you can just not be offended. Oh, this person operates in fear. Don't let that infect me. Last half of the chapter gets really into general Tao's. <laughs> Stop Asian hate. You should never opt into using military force. It is for protection and need be used only for sneak attacks. He talked about generals treating their troops well so they don't go AWOL. He was like, if you have a bunch of restrictive laws, the people turn into criminals. Just scale this up to society. The more friggin' draconian edicts your mayor is putting out, <laughs> the more child suicide goes up. He said, if you aren't overbearing as a ruler... The people are automatically simple and honest. <laughs> oh, bureaucracies, monarchies, governments have known this for two millennium. Controlled chaos. Just a little bit too much yang in the yin. And you could have people reliant on you. Think about it. If you like constantly spy on your citizens, we're just going to make more VPNs and another double deep web. <laughs> the black market has existed forever. Drugs in the West are winning the war on drugs. The Silk Road. <laughs> Talk about the East. That was the best website that you could get drugs from as a 12-year-old. <laughs> Demons, he says, are easily summoned when a ruler is not aligned with the Tao. Famous quote here, ruling a large country is like cooking a small fish. It is easy to overcook. Bigger the country, the less similar people are, so the less they want to follow each other's rules. <laughs> Every four years in America, 51% of people get to impose their will on 49% of people. Democracy. America's the biggest melting pot, and so for this metaphor, the smallest fish. And 50 states, 50 possible combinations to fight with one another. I'm saying you could play that up in Confucianism. But we should band together. We are confederate states here. <laughs> Remember when we lost the Civil War, guys? <laughs> if a country is overly passive or generous, this will hurt it as well. Overextending yourself helps nobody. Choose peace and peace will come back to you. These dynasties must have been trading chicken recipes with each other. General Chow was meeting up with <laughs> Emperor Sichuan. If large countries are humble, they are able to retain their influence, much like humble rulers. When a new emperor is crowned, jade and horses might seem like impressive offerings, but they don't compare to the gifts of the Tao. Unattached action leads to mystic oneness. Chapter 7. Tao or never. Now or never. Small tasks lead to big accomplishments. The most famous quote Lao Tzu has left humanity. The biggest trees grow from small saplings and the tallest towers start from heaps of dirt. The longest journeys start with the dirt beneath our feet and the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Similarly quoted saying, starting is the hardest part. The rest is perseverance. That's some shit to put on your vision board or your desktop. Those are some inspiring words. Think about how many <laughs> Marines. That's part of some of the credos. Think about how many fucking Chinese soldiers that, like, mud-encased army. I gotta see that shit before I die. Millions of men have heard that shit right before they charged into battle and died. I don't know why, but at the gym, the only thing that they've been playing is, like, the Mummy 3 some movie with The Rock where there's these giant battles like Avengers when everybody's charging. That's Yang right there. That's true Yang Yang. That's what men need, bro. We're all yin. 
<laughs> oh, the patriarchy. This is the most pussified man has ever been. I'm moving to the Middle East. <laughs> Everybody's got an oil farm and an ATV and an AK-47. Allahu Akbar, baby. He went on to point out the power of being humble <laughs> with a pretty great metaphor, not repetitive. Rivers and oceans take all of the water in the world into them simply because they are the lowest points of the earth. If you have and emit low expectations, you can only ever be uplifted. So my grandma taught me, what are you, why are you expecting people to do shit? You can only ever be happy if you just um, rely on yourself. It's a little bit of stoicism put in there. And you gotta remember death every single day. I hated skulls my whole life. Like chicks wear a skull t-shirts and all this shit. I'm coming around to it. And mostly because of Dio de los Muertos. <laughs> I'm watching a lot of videos. I want to do that before I die too. But you gotta remember death. That's some of the best fuel that you could use. Unconditional resource. For your journey, he classified three characteristics you will need. Not just those five harmful ones. Three best you could have, according to the Tao, is compassion, conservation, and humility. How would you not want to be roommates with someone like that? You're not cleaning someone's dishes who has compassion. Got art of war on us a little bit more before he ended the chapter. Applicable to business as well. Let your opponents be the aggressor. Don't they say in business, like, whoever says the first word loses? Lao emphasizes biding your time and preparation, always being more pertinent than execution. He advises armies to behave more like a guest than a host. <laughs> the West, baby. We are hosting the entire UN in Iran and Israel. <laughs> Yo. Israel is like the nerdy Jewish kid. Okay, my parents aren't here this weekend. United States, you can come over and we'll have a couple of schnapps. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, Sam, who are all of these people? Get them out of my country. The U.S. <laughs> Armies behave like guests. Son, there's a rave going on in Iran right now. <laughs> if you want to try out some new weapons, open invite. If any army behaves the same way and allows the enemy to take the lead, then that army learns the pathology of their enemy. Always be the person to go second if you're playing a board game that you understand the rules to. Because then you're only reacting. You don't have to think two steps ahead, you know? This is what China's doing with us. They're just biding their time until 2040. And then they'll probably extend the 100-year marathon. Think about it in the corporate world, the board of investors. It's much more important than the CEO. You know, politicians are actors. People who idolize the puppets don't understand the leadership. Point here, when it comes to the Middle East, the military-industrial complex is in charge. It's not the generals, and it's definitely not your president. <laughs> Every president says we're bringing home the troops leadership behind the scenes tower never let's have another love movement and actually spread some real divine mysticism ends arguing that there is not much point in capital punishment since it does absolutely nothing to deter crime pretty sure when you got a bunch of prisoners in a death camp and they see their buddy get shot they're not going to want to also run away. Seeing people die <laughs> is a great deterrence in war situations. He's saying that the person is already dead, so they can't commit more crimes anyway because now they're dead. Good. I don't want pedophiles to be in the LGBTQ parade. Is that a hot take? Questions to ask here would be, do places with the death penalty have less crimes than those that don't? The answer is obviously no. But he's not right in the sense that, oh, it's a deterrence argument. It's that humans are humans. We're going to do what we want. I don't care if I get lethal injection or firing squad. If my family needs to eat, I'm going to rob the bank. I don't understand why, like, <laughs> 
individuality is taken out of every crime. Criminology is kind of horseshit. Stopping crime requires changing society. Police are after the matter. Like, oh, let's give the police more weapons. Let's take the police weapons away. Police don't fucking matter. It's like a band-aid. Think of this as your body. The white blood cells are the cops. They're not there to prevent heart disease. It's just when you have a heart attack, they're having donuts. <laughs> they cause the damn thing. And then they rush there to clot the bleeding. But you have to fucking take care of the body so that you don't have these problems. <laughs> Lao said when a government executes someone, it's stealing the job of the master executioner. I was swinging me a little bit here with this argument. This is debate club, this show. I just try to argue both sides. When a government executes someone, it's stealing the master's job. I've kind of said this on the show. <laughs> okay, this <laughs> Ed Kemp, a guy who cut his mom's head off, fucked the esophagus, raped kids, you know. Yep, 80 years in prison, or we gave him 200 years as a symbolic punishment. This dude is definitely going to have his skin flayed in Dante's Inferno. Or maybe it is this karmic wheel that Lau is saying. If you are touching kids, you are going to get diddled in your next life. <laughs> it's a good point, you know, are we the master executioner? It's yin and yang, baby. If the people's lives are awful, he says they won't care if they die. <laughs> so why not violently rebel? So again, you gotta space between heaven and hell you can't give people the utopia because then they won't do what you say same goes for crime if you have more people on the loose it kind of encourages the epidemic to keep going if you like arrested an entire generation of gangsters they wouldn't have the ability to recruit the next generation kind of wrapping up here he said if we are rigid and set in our ways then the world is going to break us so it's good that we're following hundred-year-old laws. Famous analogy, the Tao is like drawing a bow. With the perfect tension and the perfect aim, you have perfect precision. And do we know the difference? Any marksman here between accuracy and precision? Precision only means the grouping of your shots. So you could be way off the bullseye, but you're consistent kind of like these shows it's consistent in the format but i always hit the mark and then accuracy is you'll hit the bullseye sometimes but you're not as consistent perfect tension perfect aim equals perfect precision so the tau even if everybody is hippy dippy if the wrong guy is in control of the commune it's going to turn into jonestown like, leadership is fucking important. Most people cannot think for themselves. I'm not talking about myself here. I'm reading books to try to piece together what the truth is. We have to have checks and balances. I like this one. He said, in the same way water slowly but surely wears down a mountain, we can achieve any task if we approach it softly and take our time. But to my point before is, quote, rather than fighting fire with fire... You have to fight fire with water. And humility can diffuse most situations. Admitting that we don't know exactly what's going to be the perfect next step, it's necessary to purge the existing evil. I don't have a joke there. <laughs> an apology, he says, is not like lending an item and expecting one in return. An apology is supposed to be forgive, forget. Nice and Christly. To transition into our final point, sometimes beautiful words aren't true, and that true words sometimes aren't beautiful. Nobody likes to hear the truth, and if you made it this far in the episode, you're on your way. I would say you are. Shut up, Lau. All my listeners at this point in the show are Zen masters. There's some ups and downs, some hot streaks, some questionable bits. We make it through here week after week. Laozu, thank you very much for pointing out some obvious shit. <laughs> no, really. Those are powerful words to live by. Next time on the show, we've got a monthly edition 
a themed one, that is, and this is going to be an homage to what is my third year open micing. I've made some money. I'm a comic, not a comedian per se. So we're reading the book, The Comedians, as we try to bridge the gap here. Getting through the history, all you need to know, we talked about Mark Twain this month. We're talking dingy speakeasies up to the true clubs, up to arenas. Lenny Bruce, Rodney Dangerfield, the outlaws of comedy, Kennison. Current State of the Union, we'll talk about some grifters in the movement. It won't be so tongue-in-cheek. I'm thinking of just cutting loose for this one. You know, what bridges do I have to burn? <laughs> Should be a really fun show. Definitely make sure to tune in. Thank you guys for staying tuned for the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. My name is Nick Munez. I'm looking forward to next week already. I'll see you all then. Later.